0: Hello and welcome to Plot This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about Priest by Sierra Simone.
1: This was published in 2015 and is the first book in the Priest series. Yep. Keep it simple. (laughs) Keep it
0: simple. (laughs) And I guess before we even get into it, we want to make a disclaimer. (laughs) We were both raised as Catholics and we now identify as atheists. So be aware that we are quite familiar with the seven
1: sacraments.
0: (laughs) Shall we read the book, jacket?
1: Yeah, it's very short, you guys. Okay.
0: There are many rules a priest can't break. A priest cannot marry. A priest cannot abandon his flock. A priest cannot forsake his God. I've always been good at following rules. Until she came.
1: My name is Tyler Anselm Bell. I'm 29 years old. Six months ago, I broke my vow of celibacy on the altar of my own church. And God help me, I would do it again. I am a priest and this is my confession.
0: I'm gonna be 100% honest. This book jacket is a good book jacket for getting across what book you're gonna read. So in the first person, you understand that he's a priest. You understand that he not only broke the of stone, but it was on the altar of the church. Like
1: so, uh, in spite of the fact that this was a good book jacket, we still play our little game where we generate a random number and then write our own summaries using that number as a word count. Uh, I think we both went a little bit off the rails this <laughs> this week. So, Meg, you want to go first? Sure.
0: Okay, I need to take a couple deep breaths before I just okay. Forgive me, daddy, but I have sinned. That's father, not daddy. Really? Nah, same death.
1: There you go. Yep. Um, so I think this gets across the, like, dominant submissive part of their relationship. <laughs> I'm just proud. Like,
0: I'm not Which kidding, guys. Was... I just wrote that, and that was 15 words. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't have to delete anything. I don't have to add anything. It was perfect. It was heaven sent, one might say.
1: (laughs) This is definitely what God cares about. So (laughs) I mean, according to Tyler. All right. So my 15-word summary. Self-actualized woman, noun. Reformed non-believer who likes charity and being called a slut by Father. What a waste. (laughs)
0: Oh my goodness. The All only
1: right. section, so uh, for people really familiar with romance novels, you'll know that a lot of times they go back and forth between the perspectives of the two main protagonists. And this book chooses to be first person entirely from Tyler's perspective, which I think we'll talk we, about can it later. can debate, yes. <laughs> but the only times where you get like a poppy chapter heading are when it's straight monologue. Like you don't get any of her insight. You just get the word vomit.
0: and she's confessing like it's literal confessions in the confessional. There's no other time where she speaks. Yeah. So it's also, I mean, that also is from his perspective because he's hearing her confession.
1: Right. But they make a point to say like, these are the exact words pop. It was formatted very weirdly, but I feel like the only equivalent of a POV you get from her are uninterrupted with his observations or her insights, word vomit.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Are there any tropes? Okay. So I also want to say, before we talk about tropes, I'm not sure I would call this a romance novel. This is an erotic romance. So this is more erotica than it is a romance novel, in my opinion. I agree. Now, but seriously, I don't know
1: if I'd call it erotic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that we can have a long discussion about because I don't disagree with you at all. I will say that Sierra Simon subtitled this. So it's priest colon a love story, which I do think is interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't. OK. Yeah. So and she does have an author's note, um, which is. She's like, I tried to be respectful of Catholicism, but this is a priest who falls in love, so FYI. (laughs) And then I got halfway through, and I was like, okay, this is an interesting, (laughs) interesting
1: deployment of the word respect. In terms of tropes, she's, I don't even know if to call her a trope. Like, she's almost a, a, she's like a stereotype. She's, her whole character is, like.
0: Yeah, it's it's very difficult because I, I feel like you don't you don't get her character except through Tyler's eyes Mm -hmm. and he's the one going through a transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the transformation from being a priest to questioning his role in the priesthood basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's the catalyst for that transformation. But if you're a catalyst for something, you don't have a character of your
1: own. But I think even more dramatically, she existed specifically to be a man's fantasy. Right. She was super educated, came from wealth. Her independent streak involved being into really kinky sex. Like, she was a guy's definition of a perfect woman. In the sense, oh, did I mention the fact that in spite of all the kinky sex, she was a serial monogamist who would absolutely never cheat and didn't you know that her freaky side was only for the, her boyfriend? Right. Like, this is not a person. This is a blow-up doll made sentient.
0: Well, she's not a blow-up doll. She's, she's a manic pixie dream girl. Made sexual. Yes. So, for tropes, I mean, again, this, like I said, this isn't a romance novel. I would call it an erotic romance or mm-hmm. erotica, romantic erotica. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the same tropes. There aren't quite the same amount or the same types of tropes. I mean, really, it's this a forbidden love romance? Obviously. Right. Right. Like a taboo romance almost. I mean, not, not almost. It is a taboo romance. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> but there is. frankly quite annoying deployment of one of my least favorite romance novel tropes, which is the miscommunication trope. If they had just spoken to each other for five minutes, they would have gotten over the major conflict of the book. But instead they go through these convoluted lengths to make the other one believe something that didn't really happen.
1: Yeah, it was all. And that was the closest it came to a romance novel trope. And it's one that we can't stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's got daddy issues.
0: Mm-hmm. She says she doesn't. But she does.
1: Um, and he's a character whose lust prompts an identity crisis. Yeah. Which we see that sometimes in romance novels. Like the guy who's been, or the girl who's been betrothed to someone her whole life. It's It's true. Yes. And then suddenly they meet someone who makes their skin crackle and they're like, oh, God, what if my whole life's been a lie? Yeah, that's true. We have seen that. And last but not least, um, a Catholic priest and a sex worker layperson. Yeah. Not necessarily,
0: only- we don't even have to do Catholic priest and layperson sex uh, sex worker. We could do any any clergyman. They always seem to end up with a sex worker.
1: Yes. It always has to be like the two extremes.
0: Right. And I mean, I can think of two others off the top of my head where it's a, you know, a vicar and a former courtesan or, you know, a minister and a sex worker. Yep. So this is something that that we see relatively often. Okay, so let's talk about this book, because I think that. I think there are some choices that Sierra Swann makes that make the book. I mean, it's full of points for discussion, I think, even though really the book is just a lot of sex. Like, it's a lot of sex, okay?
1: And it's not romance novel sex, it's Mm -mm. porn industry, and I say that very deliberately, like male gaze porn industry sex.
0: Yes, I agree with you, 100%. I totally agree with you. I think the point of the book is that it's a fantasy, like a sexual fantasy book, right? So if you have a priest kink, this is the book for you. If you go to church and when the priest is performing the Eucharist, you think, wow, it would be super cool if I was up there and he was saying, this is my body, which has been given up for you, and you get hot in church, this is a book
1: for you. I would caveat that with, like, mildly, I think I've had a priest kink at various points in my life in the sense of, like, loving the idea of corrupting a man who'd given himself to God and I don't necessarily think that side of it was depicted here at all.
0: It's it's not that part at all. And that's yes. what I think is interesting because I think for us as, as people, as young women who used to be Catholic, I think there is this sense of the priestess being untouchable and that they're almost safe to have crushes
1: on when you're in high school, middle school. Well, and then, and this is very particular, you go through the phase where you start to question the church yourself, Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason, you start to distrust it, and there's something so honorable and sexy about these guys who want to put doing the right thing first. Right. But then you get to be the one to educate them on why the system they're being a part of is not the right thing. Yeah. That's just, like, that was the stuff my 19-year-old fantasies were made of. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, for me, the personal fantasies are about men who are just so tortured by temptation Mm -hmm. that they do such a good job of resisting it, but then you're the only woman who can break through that.
1: Yes. I am convinced that the first girl who masturbated in Tyler's confessional was going to be the one he fell in love with. (laughs) Right. It didn't matter who she was. (laughs) He was a dumb, and that's also part of the problem? Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, my God, it's true. <laughs> so, I okay, I'm not saying that I want a slow burn, because I don't necessarily want a slow burn. However, if you're going to make me believe that he he's really in love with someone and he's been resisting temptation really hard, you can't make him go down on her um at, like, 15% of the book.
1: Or more significantly, on, like, the third time they've met.
0: Mm-hmm exactly i guess if it had started and she'd been in his confessional several times or she'd been a part of the church i think it would have been very interesting and again maybe this is coming from a personal standpoint or personal preference it would have been more interesting for me if she had fallen away from the church and then she was you know had moved to a new town and was like you know like i don't necessarily believe but i think the church is doing some good things i'd like to go in i used to confess because i mean Going to confession was amazing, right? Like, if you did it, like, it was, it was great. Maybe she was like, okay, I'll go to confession, and that's how they meet, and they form a relationship. I think it would have been very interesting to me if she had been a lapsed Catholic. Engaging with the church a little bit on her own terms now. Yes. But she knows nothing about it.
1: Yeah. Which... I don't know when the right time to talk about this is, but I had major issues with the way Catholicism was presented in this Mm -hmm. text. Mm
0: -hmm. And so I
1: think, focused on the her character side of it, okay, Catholicism in the modern day is filled with scandal. Yeah. It is hemorrhaging members in the Western world for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with religion. Mm -hmm. And I think most people with several college degrees, like Poppy Danforth, has in this book, are at least aware of the diversity of religious options available. And so I don't think I understood why, as a woman contemplating religion for the first time in her life, other than proximity to Catholic Church in the home she purchased, why she sought out Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Immediately and without seeming to consider any other avenues of faith other than this priest is real hot and I want to fuck him. So this is the church I'm going to go to because (laughs) I find it very hard to believe with like the shit going down in the Catholic church in the modern day that that's not something that would weigh really heavily on a prospective member.
0: Right. Well, and especially someone like Poppy, who, as you say, is is educated, um, charity
1: minded, you know, Interested in what's going on in the world. Right. Like this, and this isn't someone who like, this is their community and the center of their community is the church and it's what they know. Like this is someone making a very deliberate choice. And I don't like to a degree, I think it can get hand waved away by we don't actually see Poppy's thought process because we don't have her as a POV character. But I do think the fact that to her spirituality immediately meant Catholicism Mm -hmm. is something that like, I don't personally buy. And some of that is probably my own bias, but I, if that were going to be the case for her, I needed some justification. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's
0: interesting to see. And again, we were both raised Catholic. And so I, I could see myself possibly if I was single on my own, moved to a new town, I could see myself maybe going back to the church not necessarily as, like, a full-time believer, but as a, a base of community, as you mentioned.
1: Right? Or if not, that's not something I could ever see myself doing, but I agree with you, like, the I'm going to go check out Catholic Church would have made so much more sense if that had been a community for her at any point in her life. Yeah. So, yes.
0: that all that said, I do think... So, in her author's note, Sierra Simone said that she was raised Catholic and was a part of the Catholic community. And I do feel like that comes across in her portrayal of the community and of the theology even. Mm -hmm. So I do think that comes across that she's very familiar with it. And as someone who was raised in the faith, I could recognize parts of what she was playing with or being interested in. So I think we're not... (laughs) I think we're not upset with her portrayal of the Catholic church but more of how people are interacting with it in a modern setting
1: especially when it comes to Tyler's character but we will get yeah. there yeah
0: i just feel like he wasn't tortured enough
1: i need my priest to be tortured so he
0: does <laughs> the they're same thing
1: a lot of other tortured romance heroes do who are mad about their boners whether it's cuz they're priests or cuz they want to stay virgins for other reasons where they just like exercise constantly mhm
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I have to admit, I love this trope.
0: It's so stupid,
1: and I love it. I do, too. That said, Tyler is not a virgin. He was not celibate prior to being anointed as a priest. And he preaches healthy sexuality to his congregation in a way that is, first of all, pretty incongruous with the realities of Catholic teaching. But, two. Something that he doesn't ever reflect on in his own context beyond, like, he must be this example of moral purity. And, like, the why isn't really there in the text. Yeah, yeah. And I so I think, like, look, I'm fine if you want to, like, run away your boner or whatever. Like, yay, abs. But I don't quite understand why celibacy mattered so much to him. And I think the fact then that he wasn't celibate for more than three interactions with Hot Girl made the whole thing feel very insincere. And I don't think I was supposed to interpret it that way.
0: I mean, I I understand why celibacy is important to him because he made vows, right? So I understand that. But I don't get his... I never really understood his psychology of why that happened. Because apparently he was like the, the dom of the dorms. When he was in in, in uh, college <laughs> and women who wanted kinky sex would go see him.
1: <laughs> but then he, I, this is like, put this right under offensiveness, felt like those girls all had daddy issues and just wanted to be used. So instead he dated nice girls who wanted vanilla sex because he didn't feel like he was taking advantage of them, even though it bored him sexually. <laughs> you guys, I'm not, like, this is in the text. Yeah,
0: this is in the text.
1: He uses the word vanilla and throws around like, casual generalizations about girls with daddy issues. It is fucked up. I mean, I think vanilla is okay. I don't think vanilla is
0: is a bad term.
1: It's not vanilla. It's the implication that boring girls have boring sex. And fucked up girls have fucked up sex.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know that I'm boring and my sex is super boring.
1: It was said as an insult in the book. (laughs) I'm just... (laughs) <laughs> anyway it,
0: okay so here's my thing I think that I think the book could have been really interesting and I think she tried a little bit to get into the psychology Tyler's psychology and what's going on but for me he didn't seem tortured enough i know noticed the 50 millionth time I said that but it, it, that's for me the biggest issue with tyler's character is it didn't feel like he was resisting temptation like he basically broke the vow of chastity and then was like well he's, it's a sunk cost he's like well it's broken so i guess i should keep breaking it
1: <laughs> right
0: <sighs> uh, but but if if this was just a fantasy book that's like let's see how crazy we can get with this priest on the altar in the church in the confessional in the in the sacristy like anywhere i would have been like okay this is this is the thing this is what it's doing but there was too much philosophy for it to be like a sexy sex book and there was too much sex for it to be a philosophy book for me
1: and the philosophy didn't make sense
0: correct that too and that's the other thing is I think it would have been really interesting for Sierra Simone to get across to you that he was an unreliable narrator and that he was convincing himself that this was sexy or sacramental because he's he's combining the sacraments and the sex, which I think could have been super interesting, especially if you were seeing it from him deluding himself into believing that this is what God wants him to do. But she never quite gets there. I, I never got that sense. And to me, that could have been super interesting if there had been more probing, more investigation of his mental state or his psychology. There was plenty of probing. <laughs> I mean, there was physical probing. There's no psychological probing. <laughs> um, that could have been super interesting to
1: me. Um, should we move on to content warnings? Yeah, so, look, here's the number one thing I want to get at. He had a sister who was sexually abused by a priest. He is now replacing a priest who sexually abused children. So there's two sort of, not named, but, like, identified priests who perpetrated sexual abuse in small-town Middle America in this Mm -hmm. book and other than identifying those two perpetrators and talking about a potential panel on the issue to be hosted at a conference that is like a throwaway line the true scope of the systemic abuse by priests of young people and the catholic church's hierarchical cover-up that went all the way to the very top And the degree to which the institution of Catholicism moved sexual predators around dioceses. Like, the truth is these priests didn't go to prison. Mm -hmm. They got sent to another parish where they could rape more children. Mm -hmm. And so no part of this book, they all, Tyler treats the sexual abuse of minors by priests as a community issue and that the trust needs to the church needs to rebuild trust amongst parishioners on a very local level but does nothing to talk about the wider hierarchical concerns and so for the solution to be again spoiler that he remains affiliated with the church and as a missionary Mm-hmm. But let's talk about, like, all of the fucking problems with white Christians going and trying to save the world. None of that stuff was problematized. And it, like, it came too close to touching on it to not.
0: Yes. Well, that's that's exactly what I wanted to say is that's, that's what I've been sort of circling around this whole time, which is that if you want to have a fantasy book about having sex with a hot priest, that's one thing. But if you're going to also mention all these events, these current events in the current state of the church, which I think Sarah Smith wanted to mention because she was writing the book in 2015, I think she felt like she couldn't leave it out. But the fact that we got a surface level addressing of the situation made it worse. So, as Lane said, his sister was abused by a member of the clergy, by a member of the Catholic clergy. She also died by suicide following that abuse. Yes. So we. I don't think we mentioned that. Be aware of that, too. So if you're a practicing or believing Catholic, you may want to stay away from this one. Not just because of the abuse, but because of um, the sexiness section, which goes on for a very long time. <laughs> so just want to throw that out there. Um, speaking of the sex, I think it is very, very pornified, as Lane said it is written all from tyler's perspective so it is by definition
1: male gaze but beyond that the we talked about how her character is a male fantasy the sex she's interested in is degrading mhm and I don't say that judgmental. I mean, literally, she likes to be made to feel bad during sex. That's like she a wrote, turn on for her. Yeah, that's yes. the
0: thing for her, which, which, again, this is not a judgment,
1: it's judgment-free zone, but... So it was... Difficult... This was very much a male power play, sexually. Yeah. Like, they both got off on him having power over her... She was already a character who was sort of designed for his sexual pleasure. And then the sexual situations they got into, I didn't find very erotic. I mean, I, I think this, this is not the first time I've said it. I'm sure it won't be the last
0: time I've said it. But when you cry, when a woman cries during a blowjob, it's just not sexy to me. Like I'm sorry.
1: I'm, like, I get it. There are definitely women into this.
0: I mean, to be clear, Tyler is very into consent. He makes yeah. sure she consents to everything. He makes sure that she is into it. So she is into all of this stuff, and she does come. So it's not like he's just out for himself. So to be clear, you know, Uh, except for that one scene, I think Sierra Simone is engaging with feminist ideas about sex. But she made this female character someone who gets off on that, which is again, it is feminist to be. You know, you're allowed to do that. However, yeah. in this specific context, especially with him being a priest and in power already, it is a little tough. It's a little tougher to swallow. I, I mean, it could have been extremely interesting, in my opinion, again, to have the woman be more of an active character in this seduction. Yes. And yet again, I, I realize we just talked about how, you know, our own ideas about priest stuff it's just very different from what was presented here.
1: Yeah. As we mentioned, she gets recruited specifically to be a high-class stripper at a place that wants women who look wealthy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can't quite put my finger on why, but a lot of the ways she talks about her sex work as empowering, not because it she needs this. She doesn't need the money. She doesn't need a career. She's not... Like, it is how she supports herself, but it, she doesn't have to support herself that way. Mm-hmm. Like, came packaged with a lot of judgment about, like, traditional, or like, non-elite sex work. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. And I think, just disclaimer, obviously, sex work is work. I'm not, like, trying to delegitimize sex workers as workers in no. the economy or doing what they need to support themselves. We all We've had plenty of conversations about the conversation around, is sex work empowering? I'm not, I'm not going to repeat ourselves here, but I, I felt judgment inherent Ooh. in this text. And again, this comes back to like, oh, see, she's the sex worker who can be a fantasy. You don't have to worry that she's been like crushed by society. Right. But
0: then the question is too, is it, are we seeing it that way because this is from Tyler's perspective? And that's right. a question we can't answer. Correct. Okay. Let's talk about the sex because this book is all about the sex. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. That's what this book is about. And first, let me tell you about the hedonic treadmill, which is a concept that I learned about from a member of the Immortals After Dark group that I I read that with. Her name is Katie. Uh, Katie gets literature on Instagram, if you're interested, um, to follow her. She has has great stuff. But anyway, she was talking about the hedonic treadmill, about how authors and and people – anyone doing anything really has to up the ante every time has to be something bigger and better and for me i thought about this concept at the halfway mark when they were literally recreating the eucharist in sex on the altar of the church (laughs) and she's tied up
1: in his vetments
0: in his vestments and he's like this is my body which has been given up for you and then he's like yes take it this is sacramental and i was like okay and then i i swear to god i was like how is she going to top this we are at 50% they are they're like to me this would have been the you know the moment the climax of the book right there you go (laughs) that's the that's the word i was looking for (laughs) but no but no there's still all the rest of the book to go and i was like what is she gonna do so anyway thanks katie for teaching me about the hedonic treadmill (laughs)
1: yeah now i have a word for it
0: all right so there's a lot of sex Uh, she likes to masturbate when she goes into the confessional. Yep. I also thought it, I thought this was hilarious too, because, um, this is also where I could tell Sierra Simone was Catholic, like had been raised Catholic or, or knew about the Catholic church. Because whenever I went to confession, it was in a reconciliation room where I would like be face to face with the priest. We'd be sitting on chairs. We'd see each other. It was not one of those weird ass confessionals where you go in and kneel. So you mine didn't...
1: was a weird ass one where you went in and kneeled with like the little, and it was all this like oak box. And then when you <laughs> shut it, there's like all these weird screens. Mind that.
0: Yeah. So uh, I said, so, anyway, I thought that was really funny because he was like, that's, I think she wanted to make sure that that you knew, that she knew that it wasn't always like that, right? But it plays into the whole Catholic fantasy that that's what she was mm-hmm. in. Because it is not, there's no fantasy about going into the reconciliation room. Like, no, that's not sexy no. at all, at all. Let me make this clear, not sexy. But like she's in there and because he can't see what she's doing. She like doesn't wear her underwear. She like masturbates in there. <laughs> And I remember being like, what the heck? And then when he finds out she's masturbating, he just like yanks her out, bends her over and goes down on her.
1: Over like, a piano.
0: Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I thought he was going to hold out a little longer. But
1: he didn't. Yeah, that was uh, confessional number three.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And they'd met outside of the confessional context, like once, once, twice, tw- twice maybe mm-hmm. he, he did not resist temptation, but at all.
0: No, no, there was no resisting going on whatsoever.
1: Zero. There was a lot of like, angst about it. There was a lot of like, I'm pissed off that I'm so horny, but there was no, like, I'm actually attempting to not be horny other than by running.
0: I mean, one time we jacked off, I will give her this. Because a lot of times in romance novels, the men will, like, masturbate. And for some reason, it is very sexy. Like, I'm not going to lie. I have read many a masturbation scene that I thought was very sexy. Yeah. But when you think about it afterwards, you're like, hmm, is that actually sexy? Like, there was this one scene in this book I read where this guy, he had a conversation with her. And then he went out in the garden and, like, jacked off in the bushes. And I was like, this is sexy. And then I thought about it later and I was like... That is not sexy. Like, if some guy that I met, like, we had a chat, and then, like, he just jerked off in my backyard. Um, He does that. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, that was creepy. And I was like, yeah. So I actually kind of liked that scene because it was sexy. And it was also afterwards, he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. That's, what,
1: that's, like, creepster shit. But that was, like, very early. I also, beyond all the religious stuff, the church is his place of work. Yeah. He has a lot of angst about, like, but again, no actual ability to resist temptation about sex in this place of the Lord, given the vows he took. Mm-hmm. But, like, very little about, like, I work here. This is my desk. This is where I do my job. People could walk in. Like, I was actually very often disturbed by, like, how little he thought about that. Like, yes. I know there are people who are like, fucking on my office desk is a fantasy. He didn't just, like... He fucked on his boss's desk, for all Uh intents and purposes. And there was no, like, thought about that. boss's desk? Are you talking about the (laughs) altar? It's God's desk. It's God's desk. (laughs) Thank you for following my train of thought. I was like, no. yeah, You didn't mean that.
0: Yes, I did. Okay. So... (laughs) So anyway, there's confessional sex, a lot of confessional sex. And then she comes over to his, sneaks over. They do a really bad job sneaking around, too, by the way. Anyway, she sneaks over to his place. And, like, it's the first, I think it's my first reading of this in a romance novel where it's just the tip.
1: (laughs) I could not handle how fucking, like, high school (laughs) that whole thing was. I mean,
0: it really gets across his mental state as a priest. boy. <coughs> I, mean, I, I mean, yes, exactly. So I thought that was, it was like kind of hilarious. And then yes, full out um, recreation of the Eucharist on the altar. And again, he feels like it's sacramental and holy. And again, I would have been more interested to see this, from her perspective, is like he's delusional. Like he's convincing himself that this is also. Sexual.
1: She didn't know. Yeah. At that point yeah. she hadn't been to church. She like, didn't this know is you're not-
0: right. She didn't know about the Eucharist. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like, all um, of this was just for him. Like, there's an easy reading of this where he's just a full psychopath. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. All right. So then, because this is the point where I was like, okay, he died at Treadmill, we gotta up the ante. Like, how where are we gonna go from here? I should have had more faith
1: <laughs> in the
0: higher power that is Sierra Simone. Because what happens next is she's confessing, yet and again, she keeps coming to confession, even though she's not a Catholic, which I under, I actually understand the appeal of it, but it'd probably be better if you just went to a therapist. FYI, guys, confession is, like, cool, but call a therapist better. Yeah. And she's in the confessional, and they're both masturbating. And then she basically, she confesses, in quotes, a fantasy that she had.
1: She masturbated last night to images and imaginings of him fucking her anally.
0: And he's like, well, I can make that fantasy come true. And he drags her into his sacristy. Again, this is during working hours. During working hours. Um, he, I think he doesn't even zip up his pants. No, <laughs> he, just walks
1: through, he just walks through the church dick out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I think that he he mentions that there's like a connecting door. But anyway, he goes in and he's like, what can I use for a lube? And this, Okay. So this number one made me think of our conversation in the what book. Is it the Kit the Webb. yes, the Kit Web book, the the crimes, queer so, principles of Kit Web. Thank you, the queer principles of Kit Web. So if you're interested to hear about butt stuff, there, tune in. But <laughs> because there we were like, what kind of oil is he using? He's in a coffee shop. Is it olive oil? <laughs> Here. It, I, I swear to God when he went in there and he was like, what can I use? I knew, I knew Blaine as a former Catholic. I was like, he's going to pull out the fucking chrism. And yeah.
1: So for those of you who aren't Catholic and haven't read this book and are listening to this podcast anyway, it's a holy anointed oil. So it's like oil that's mixed with a whole bunch of fragrant stuff. It smells really good. It's blessed. Mm-hmm. And then it's like used for consecrations and stuff
0: your baptisms your your um uh confirmations um any blessing really, as so as Tyler explains, it's it mixed with the mortar of the church when they build it, so
1: i'm me right we've We've all figured out that I can't let things go, you guys, and chrism it like. It is not just oil. And so I Googled all of the ingredients and what would happen if you put them in your butt. Because (laughs) I can't stop myself. So first of all, it is olive oil based and olive oil can be used as lube, but not if condoms or silicone sex toys are involved. However, like everything else in Chrism will burn you from the inside like there is cinnamon there is frankincense and i don't know if any of you guys have ever washed your clothes in a laundry detergent you end up being allergic to and that shit is just external you're not even putting in your body and you want to die it burns so fucking bad and this guy basically shoves a tube up her butt and squeezes it in and then rubs it all over his own dick and goes to town and he's like it just smells so good and i'm like Thinking of the church while fucking her and this is so religious and I'm like she would be crying from pain and not the sexy kind. I mean so would he. Like, yes. It would be burning them. <laughs> Do not under any circumstances if you are ever lucky enough to corrupt a good priest let him <laughs> use prism as lube for any part of your body because it will hurt like a motherfucker. Bring
0: your own lube if you corrupt a priest. In other words Yes.
1: Because okay. if he just uses whatever is at hand, you're going to regret it.
0: You're going to regret it and not from the theological standpoint.
1: And don't put cinnamon up your butt. It will hurt. Don't do it. it hurts According- if you eat a cinnamon stick in your mouth, ouch. This, like, the mm. second I realized Chrism had cinnamon in it, I was texting Meg like, oh my god, oh my god. Oh my- I saw things <laughs> in doing this Googling that I don't wish on you. He has this, uh, I guess it's part
0: of his kink that he likes to be clothed and the woman be naked. And I think the part that made me laugh the most was when he goes to pull off his his clerical collar and she's like, leave it on. And I was like, leave on
1: whatever you want, but seriously, <laughs> clerical collar is the least sexy part. I mean, I, I don't disagree. Know what you think of. Oh, okay. I did not find any of this sequence sexy, so don't worry on that front. But if I'm fucking a priest, yeah, wear the collar. I mean, keep the shirt on too, but like, yeah, I wanna know I'm fucking a priest. I I don't wanna get I'm fucking a priest. Well, you do the vestments. No. Oh, God, the collar with the black button up? Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's an episode of Alias where Michael Vartan dresses up as a priest, and it is the stuff my 13 year old fantasies were made of. Thank you.
0: There you go, guys. All right, there's more sex. There's, like, a lot of sex. Uh, and I think we need to talk reality. about,
1: like, he, like, passes her out and calls her a whore. And, like, so if you're not she into that, it. heads up.
0: Yeah, she's really into it. Um, and, and then I think the part, the other part that I think scarred Lane was <laughs> they go into a church. And so there's a third egg breakup. And when they're but getting you, back you, together, you skip the
1: skip club where he you like you make oh. holds her on a leash.
0: Yeah, there's the strip club. I don't know. I'm just I don't feel like there's. Yeah, just breeze, breeze, it. There's, there's a lot more that
1: we're not talking about. Is I think the that, point here. That
0: one didn't up the heat on treadmill for me. Didn't up the speed. Yeah, I was like, yeah, strip club, whatever, you know. Yeah, they were at his job. Now, now they're at her job. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. His job is more interesting. Uh, so then. They they break up and then he goes to find her and he finds her praying in a
1: church. And what do they do? They just fuck, fuck just in, in the pew, just in the yeah. pew, in mm-hmm. New York City. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to a Catholic church in New York City, even just like wander in. St. Pat's is beautiful. Um, there are homeless people hanging out all the fucking time. Because like, it's that's a part of the speech. point of the church. Yes. Yes. It's like an open door for all who need it. Um, it's one thing to fuck in your own church where like you could be locking the door. You're just dumb as fuck. I mean, he did lock the door, at least on one occasion. Okay, great. There was way more than one occasion. Um, but I, the second they just start having sex in the middle of this random ass church, I texted Megan. I was like, oh, so all the homeless guys are just jacking off. <laughs> They're like, whoa, didn't expect this, but I'll take it. There is no chance this church is reliably empty. Yeah. what I'm saying.
0: I mean, I, okay, if you're looking for fucking in a church, like that's basically three quarters of all the sex in this book happens
1: in a church. Right, this isn't an explicit sex scene because at this point, it wouldn't up the hedonic fa- treadmill, it fades to black. But I was so disturbed. Because it's effectively like having sex on a park bench. Mm -hmm. it's a public space but they're like oh no it's private we're alone it's like no you're fucking not (laughs) and I can't (laughs) anyway
0: we obviously had a lot to talk about with that book it was not hard to read I can't say that I put it down once I don't think I'll be returning to Tyler and Poppy. Even though there's a series based on... I mean, there's a there's a novella, like a honeymoon novella, basically, about Tyler and Poppy. And the, there are two other books in the series about his two brothers. I, I don't think we enjoyed this book enough for us to go to return to the world. But that said... I had a really good time talking about it with healing. Yeah. I think
1: it's interesting to read something modern. And as someone who, like I said, grew up with Father Waste" being a colloquial thing I threw around and talking about corrupting a priest, like, constantly with my friends in our Catholic classes, like, There is something to be said about like seeing that fantasy fleshed out in an adult context. It's just so interesting because it goes to show how even within a given kink, there can be such a diversity of. Absolutely. I
0: totally agree with you. I totally agree with you because, yes, there's a certain fantasy that I think both of us were like, okay, And then we were like, oh,
1: this is not what I was expecting. Yeah. Like this did not work for me on any level, which is fine. Like not everything needs to be for me. Yeah. But I think Meg and I have enough opinions about Catholicism that this like escapist shit doesn't really work for us.
0: Well, and it wasn't escapist enough. That's my
1: other thing, you know? But it also didn't challenge the church. Right. Or the concept that's... of being a missionary.
0: But that's that's exactly what I'm saying, is if you want yeah. well and that's that's something interesting too, is they bond because she went to Haiti to help out with the charity.
1: Yeah, but she did it not for religious reasons, but she still joined up with religious people. It was weird.
0: Yeah. And I mean, look, you know what? This is going to open a whole new can of worms, so I'm just going to stop talking about it.
1: Oh, I'm going to have to edit out so much of this.
0: (laughs) Well, you won't have to edit this, like, long feel about it, so.
1: Anyway. I, I mean, I think, I don't think we're recommending or not recommending this. Like, this is such a personal taste thing. Yeah. Look, if
0: anything we talked about today is interesting, like intrigued you, you should probably check it out. It's not a long book. I didn't feel like upset. I didn't want to like throw the book around. I was very intrigued by it myself as I was reading it. And when I finished, I was like, I want to talk about this with Lane.
1: Yeah. No. That said, if it's number one goal was like erotica for people with priest feelings. It didn't work for me. Yeah, interrogate
0: your specific priest feeling and decide, you know.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys
0: for listening. Yeah, we enjoyed talking about it. We hope you enjoyed listening to it. And if you did, please rate, review, and subscribe.